A podcast about video game plot lines and how they have a tendency to go off the rails. And Alex, we have a hot off the presses, hot take level episode today. Yeah, we do. Because we both ended up going and seeing, alongside some other friends, the Super Mario Brothers movie last night. Mm -hmm. And boy, do I have a lot of thoughts on that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I figured... What we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the plot of it, like what the, it's been like the immediate critical reception, give our thoughts as well. We're also going to maybe talk about a few other things as well. Now, originally, I had kind of this grand idea about this, Alex. And by grand idea, I mean, I woke up this morning and I was like, I should probably like look into a little bit more about how this movie came about. And I was like, you know, kind of give a little bit of context for, you know, some of the decisions that they're going to make in this movie as far as its plot's concerned, why they went with Illumination for the, you know, to help develop this, that sort of thing. Yeah. And the whole idea is just going to be nice and short, kind of just fit this in here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I basically spent four hours working on it and nearly wrote an entire podcast episode (laughs) by, by itself. Didn't quite finish it, though, so... Because of that, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about, uh, once again, the Super Mario Brothers movies by plot and reception and whatnot. And then next week, we're going to get into the nonsense about how this even came about in the first place. Because it's going to involve a lot about the the Wii U, Nintendo's failed console. Ah, yes. (laughs) Like all good stories. Yeah. (laughs) So look forward to that. But before we get started, Alex... How um, were you excited about the Super Mario movie when it was exce- when it was uh, announced, or had any particular thoughts about it? Honestly, not really. I rem- I feel like my thoughts were basically, yeah, that basically makes sense from like a branding standpoint, but I don't see really that much artistic value in this movie being made. Yeah, yeah, that's. I, I think I roughly was around those lines. Like I mm. watched the Nintendo Direct where it was full first announced and whatnot and went oh well i'm kind of surprised they're actually doing that but i guess since they did the universal theme park and whatnot right right yeah sure all right sure yeah it's like uh, of all of the video games that you can adapt into movies i don't think mario's particularly begging to no there's not a whole lot going on there from like a narrative or character standpoint (laughs) We're about to find out, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it really, really isn't. But it's also one of those things where it's like, yeah, Mario's an incredibly big property. And, you know, Nintendo seems very interested in expanding their business out in other directions, opening other Mm -hmm. revenue streams. So, yes, of course, this is going to happen. Like, it's more, it's, it, it maybe it's only surprising because of how long it took to get here. To our, they finally became comfortable again with licensing one of their major, you know, major intellectual properties out for a movie again. And like how they even came about this really wasn't that surprising. Like selecting Illumination, for instance, as the development house. Like, of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yes. You, of course, you're going to pick the safest, like most tier C option. Yeah. To kind of do this. 
it like makes sense like when they like announce the casting where it's like oh yeah it's these big name celebrities like you know Anna mm-hmm. Taylor Joy and uh, uh, Chris Pratt and whatnot you know people who you would not exactly expect to be like necessarily talented voice actors but right. rather just you know famous famous names that you know yeah are gonna very draw. recognizable exactly because that's Illumination's whole entire thing right yes like. And so it makes sense that also that when we ended up watching the movie is like you could just basically do a bingo card of everything that Illumination is going to do with this, like mm-hmm. 80s pop songs that are just going to be constantly throughout there. Um, a collection of scenes that are kind of just hastily strung together by a plot that I guess Mario is sad that his dad doesn't approve of him. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. That was one of the things. That was one of the things. And he dropped that incredibly quickly. So, yeah. Like like many of the many of the conflicts in this, things are just brought up and then dropped incredibly incredibly quickly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Needless to say, I I like you was like okay, well, cool, they're making this, but I'll probably watch it. But it's not really something that's going to appeal to me greatly. I would say that probably the vast majority of people who heard about this announcement were super excited about it. Hmm. At least, tell like judging from like my Twitch streams and whatnot, and, like just talking to various people, it's like, man, yeah, I can't wait to see that Mario movie. Oh man, they're gonna have a new direct talking about the cast and like how they're developing it. Man, I'm super excited to watch that. I'm like, I, that I mean, sounds cool. I guess. I, yeah, I guess. I don't know what the excitement is for exactly, other than mm-hmm. I don't know, just to see Mario. Yeah, I, I think. I think part of it was that was just that people were just excited that Mario's back on the big screen after the incredibly disastrous and incredibly interesting mm-hmm. original Super Mario Brothers movie from 1993. And but I think it was just a lot of other people are just like, man, nah, Mario, it's cool. Everyone loves Mario. I'm excited to see Mario on the big screen. Nostalgia. It's great. And it's, yeah. And so, yeah, like it, it made this very interesting thing where I, I felt like I was almost in a bubble as far as like what I expected from this movie and whether or not I even expected it to be much of a a success. Mm -hmm. And then, well, we ended up going to the theater last night and there was, it was completely packed. There was a bunch of kids in there. They all seemed super excited about what was going on. And I went, Oh no. Yeah, no, this is going to be incredibly successful. Yeah. And I mean that, that also makes sense. If you need just like a, a middle tier kids movie with an extremely recognizable character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Illumination to make a movie of Mario. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out it was the perfect marriage of character concept and a company that's, you know, going to do this the incredibly safe way that Nintendo's going to be comfortable with. Yep. And yep, it did exactly what it needed to do. And it's going to be, it's going to have well-deserved success because of that. Even if mm-hmm. ultimately I don't think it's a particularly good movie. You know, it's, right. it's it's one of those things where it's like it's a kids movie. Like, yeah, it's not they, I, I have no criteria to really call it good or bad. Yeah. Like, I have a few strong opinions on it, but overall, I don't feel very much of anything about it. I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that is a movie for children. You, that is you indeed, did it. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. You made it happen. Congratulations, you weirdos. You did it. So, yeah, it, needless to say. The Super Mario Brothers movie has left me feeling very conflicted and shockingly out of touch with the world. Mm. But in a way that I'm like, ah, you know, that's cool. Why not? Yeah. I I think the the strangest thing to me is I always forget how popular Mario is with people who aren't into video games. Yeah, that's 
this was a really nice reminder of this. And I'm actually looking at the latest box office numbers for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to help Clint, like really put a put an exclamation point on this. It's already made uh, well over $350 million. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <Damn>. shit. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, okay. I think they're going to be making more of these, Alex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I imagine that they will. Oh yeah, yeah. A sequel is in development. Yeah, okay. There uh, yep, we go. Of course it yep. is. Yeah, I, I expect a Luigi's Mansion spinoff soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll finally get the Donkey Kong Country movie that we always didn't want. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I like I said, I ended up feeling like weirdly like conflicted and out of touch about this. Which, to be fair, a lot of reviewers have also felt very conflicted and out of touch about mm-hmm. this. In a mm-hmm. way that uh, I have found incredibly funny. Uh, right now, it's currently holding a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, which technically is, I, I guess, a rotten rating for them. It has to be 60% over, if I remember correctly. Mm, right. So right on that edge. Uh, that being said, it has a 96% uh, approval rating from audience members, which right, yeah. I'm not shocked about, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Now... Among those, of course, there are some really, really funny reviews. Most of them that are showing that maybe there's a lot of people out there who are comp- incredibly out of touch with what Mario is. Right. Probably my one of my favorites, though, is from arthousefilmwire.com, which I am not shocked they didn't like the Mario movie, <laughs> but the way they didn't like it is funny. Quote, Bowser believes that he's engaged to Princess Peach, and in this universe, dragon-human marriages are a thing. Okay, oh, sure. <laughs> Which, first off, he's a turtle. He mentions he's a turtle multiple yeah. times. The, the reviewer continues to show off that maybe he doesn't exactly know what's going on at screen or recognize basic <laughs> animals. Because he also notes, we meet bluebirds who throw snowballs. Which, those are penguins. All right, yes. A mushroom kingdom filled with petite people that sport mushrooms for skulls. Which, he's, I, we see what he's like, falls on that debate there, I guess. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like... And he finishes up with a paper-thin, predictable script will entertain second graders, but it's a paint-by-numbers tale that could fit into any ordinary Saturday morning cartoon show. There's nothing groundbreaking, innovative, or profound here, as this straight-up story runs through the motions, with, but with recognizable stars. Then again, do small children know these characters? Perhaps, or the project possibly serves as a marketing opportunity for a Mario renaissance. It's like, yo, dude, Mario's still incredibly big. Yeah, Mario has never stopped being popular. <laughs> yeah, it's that his not in the worst days of Nintendo. Yep. Did Mario lose popularity? Yeah, it's he's always been incredibly, incredibly successful. That has never changed. <laughs> so yeah, it it was funny like reading that being like, mm-hmm. oh man, like that that review, and there's another review that's been floating around on Reddit where like people were like trying to go like compare it to like actual like like cinematic masterpieces like being like why isn't it more like this and it's like because uh-huh. it's for kids idiot <laughs> <laughs> now it's not to say that this movie doesn't have like actual structural issues in it and i i do think mm-hmm. like there are other kids movies that just are better for kids as far as like just telling a good story yeah i'll, I'll agree with that like this review from film inquiry i think also like highlights some some aspects of this by saying, quote, the other problem with Illuminations films is that they always feel like more of a series of set pieces that overshadow most of the script. These films succumb to the same difficulties, resulting in character arcs that are either treated like bookends or fall off the map amid all the fast-paced action. This makes the film all that more frustrating. 
considering it works in bits and pieces, but doesn't come together by the end, at least in terms of developing its ensemble, end quote. Which I think is totally accurate. Yeah, yeah I think that's a fair assessment. Like, it was one of those things like watching it last night after admittedly having probably a little too much to drink mm. of being like, I I think I'm able to follow this, but boy, they just things are just coming to go really quickly, man. I don't know if this is just one too many old fashions, but... No, it it's, it is very fast paced and the character arcs are sort of, I guess they're sort of second to the plot. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're allowed to just sort of be pushed off the screen until they need to have a purpose, at which point they've been gone so long, they kind of have to remind you what they are. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like some of the characters like Keegan-Michael Key's Toad, for instance, mm. are like... His big thing is that, like, he's going to swear incredible loyalty to Mario and Peach. And then he does absolutely nothing to <laughs> show said loyalty other than stand in the background. Yeah. Or occasionally walk next to them. Like, it's people just announce they're going to do things and then don't actually mm-hmm. do anything in this film. An awful yeah. lot. And as part of its fast-paced action, it's really... It really wants to let you know that, hey, man, this is a Nintendo film, and we have mm-hmm. all the Nintendo references we could possibly throw in there. Yeah. Like, everything from, you know, Foreman Spike being a character, you know, the character from Wrecking Crew and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, small things, like there's an R-Wing that's in Mario's room, to Mario right. playing Kid Icarus, which uh-huh. Mario has bad taste in video games. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a game you want to play when you're depressed. It'll just make no. you sadder, Mario. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not a pick-me-up. Yeah, or like things like the ringtone for Mario's phone being the GameCube uh, startup music. Uh-huh. Like, it, it very much wants to be like every scene has five different references to Nintendo properties that kind of really highlight just how fast-paced we're just throwing everything at the wall this movie is. Mm-hmm. Like, in a way that's like both kind of amazing because there's some legitimately very deep cuts in there. Like, classic Mario key art, uh... Mario, who's like, I guess, just like a friend of Mario's who shows up and is voiced by Charles Martinet Mm -hmm. to like, yeah, like just like a bunch of other like, like the initial sequence of them like running to their first job in Brooklyn that like that entire like 2D sequence is based off of uh, World 1-1 from Super Mario Brothers. Right. Like they really go heavy and hard into it. So, yeah, it's it's a very... It's a very interesting movie because of that. Like, I think a lot of movies that, like, like the Santa Hedgehog movie will throw in references like that, the here mm-hmm. and there. But they'll usually do, like, one or two at a time. Right. Instead of the Mario movie, which is just like, like I said, it's like, here's five at once. Right. Yeah. Some will just be directly referenced. Some will be in the background. Here's just, like, somewhere tiny corner just on there for, like, one second. There's, like, a Kirby or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's incredibly aggressive in, in your face about it, and so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's a very very interesting movie, very interesting movie that it seemed like everybody in the theater incredibly enjoyed, while I yes. sat there very confused. <laughs> it, I would say it is an interesting movie, but not interesting in its own right. It is, to me, it is a lot more interesting in relation with its property. Mm-hmm than it is like as a movie yeah as a movie it's it is sort of just with exactly what i'd expect which is again 
to that review's credit, kind of a paint-by-numbers kids movie with Mario characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it totally is. And it's one way you could definitely see that Nintendo is still exerting incredible control over it. Yeah. You know, like, you could tell that they're the ones who are like, okay, everyone, these references need to be in here. This is how Mario needs to act. This is how, like, <laughs> uh-huh. this is how, like, Mario's backstory should go. This is how, this is how Princess Peach should be treated. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. It's Nintendo has their fingers all over this in a way that, of course, of course they would. They're very, very, uh, they control their IP very closely. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change, even though they're now kind of cool no. with somebody making a movie about it. Yeah, as long as you make it the way we say to make it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You're cool. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so I guess we eventually got to like talk about the actual plot of this. And it's going to be very interesting talking about this because I do have a synopsis up. Okay. But a lot of this is going to be going off of my recollection. Yeah. The man mm-hmm. once again sitting in near the front row looking up at a movie that was very, very colorful and a lot was going on, man. Yeah. But before we jump right in there, one thing I do also want to mention, and this is going to be our, our final thing before we like really jump into here, is that I have seen a couple a couple of like hot take articles out there about the plot of the Super Mario movie and about like, oh man, the established definitive backstory for Mario. And I, I want to just mention, no, they did not. No, they didn't. No. <laughs> you have not been paying attention to how Nintendo treats Mario. Like, one of the most interesting things about, like, Mario and his plot, and why, like, we're never going to, like, cover, like, the Mario video game series, like, plots and whatnot on here, except in, like, maybe, uh-huh. like, very limited ways. Right. Is because of how it's actually treated. It, Mario is treated like a play, like a stage yeah. play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's more or less what Shigeru Miyamoto has said in interviews. Basically, they're just characters that are a part of an ensemble that are going to be put to different situations as they see fit as uh, a gameplay a game with his gameplay can support so like that's how you can have like mario having to go rescue princess peach from bowser but then the next day they're racing carts and having fun right like the big thing about super mario brothers 3 for instance and its whole motif how it's a stage play is in reference to that that's why every stage like just has like seemingly like random background elements that are transposed on top of like almost like a matte painting in the background Mm-hmm. like how the entire game opens up with curtains pulling back. Right. These are characters that are basically placed into a scene or a sequence that is there purely to serve whatever is actually going on at the time, which is also part of the reason why I don't know if it really works well for this movie, because there's not really a gameplay thing that's going on for it, obviously, because right. it's a movie. Why would it be? Right. But also, it also means that, no, Mario may not necessarily be from Brooklyn. (laughs) Just like how Mario may not necessarily have been delivered to his parents via Stork and then had to be carried on Yoshi's back to rescue his baby brother. Mm -hmm. Like, so, yeah, just wanted to throw that one out there because I saw that hot take show up multiple times. I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Again, it's like. It's part of the reason I wasn't that interested in the Mario movie to begin with, because these characters have no through line. Yeah. Whatever this movie does, it's going to be making that up on its own for itself. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I'm not going to be too bothered, for instance, by the fact that Cranky Kong is for some reason the king of the apes. Yeah, sure, screw it. Yeah, whatever, who cares? Yes, he talks mm-hmm. like Larry David for some reason. Sure, yeah. why not? 
Who cares? They're going to jump in go-karts now. Why not? Yeah, it's it's just there to just serve what's going on screen. So yeah, Alex, I think we should talk about the plot of the Super Mario movie. Let's do that. So the Super Mario movie takes place in the modern day, or at least presumably in the modern day, in mm. New York City. So they're, go they're going all the way back. They're finally, they're finally referencing New York again. Yeah. Specifically Brooklyn. So Mario and Luigi are Italian-American brothers, uh, part of a large family that's mostly voiced by Charles Martinet, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it's, it's funny how many voices that Charles Martinet actually does in this and, like, how distinct and different they all are. You're like, yeah. oh, wow, Charles Martinet is a great voice actor. He probably should have wow. voiced Mario. <laughs> yeah, probably. Wow, imagine. Oh, it's too bad. But yeah, they at least gave him plenty of work. I thought they were literally just, he was just going to show up for five seconds and be like, oh, it's me, and then walk off. But no, right. he, he got a lot of work in this. Yeah. So Mario is voiced by Chris Pratt, who, to his credit... When Chris Pratt was first announced, everyone basically groaned collectively, but mm -hmm. he actually doesn't just do Chris Pratt's voice in this, so yes. good on him. And Luigi, who's played by Charlie Day, who does just do Charlie Day's voice. Yes, yeah, kind of, yeah. In, the case, in that case, I kind of forgive it, because I like Charlie Day. Yeah. Anyways, their whole thing is that they recently quit their job, uh, where they were part of a construction crew that was owned by a man by the name of Spike. Performance bike, of course, being a reference to Mario's boss in Wrecking Crew, the uh, sort of weird puzzle platformer for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Anyways, he's like super antagonistic and is like, oh man, Mario Brothers, you quit your job. You're really stupid. Your business is going to totally fail, man. Because, you know, you have a plumbing business in Brooklyn. There's definitely none of those. Yeah. It's he's what, like, what plumbers could ever be successful in New York? Yeah, absolutely no way, man. So Mario's like, nah, I'm going to definitely do it because I'm a can-do sort of guy. Like, Mario's entire character arc is that he's like, he'll always fall down flat on his face, but he'll always get up and try again. And Luigi's whole character arc is that he is scared, but he also trusts his brother to an unnecessary degree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my brother can never do no wrong. It's going to be great. Everything he does is a success, and as long as I follow him, everything's going to be great. So... They eventually get, like, a text that, hey, they got a new job, man. They got to go, like, go and do it. And, like, oh, man, it's our first job. This is great. And so they go to this, like, building and whatnot. It's, like, owned by this rich couple. And they're directed to basically just fix a leaky pipe, which they successfully do. But in the process, they absolutely piss off the most enraged dog in the world. It's but, so wild that that dog went so hard over its bone getting broken. No dog cares about that. No, no. Yeah, Luigi stepped on his bone, somehow manages to break it, and that dog dis decides to dedicate his entire life to ruining their shit. <laughs> so, like, he literally gets in there, viciously attacks Luigi. <laughs> yeah, that... Mm. That dog legit just wants to kill him. Yep. Causes like the entire building to flood, which the Mario Brothers do somehow manage to like fix it. Like nearly the dog nearly dies multiple times. Yep. Via either drowning or like falling out a window. It does not care though. That dog's literally willing to die as long as he takes one of those brothers <laughs> with him. And needless to say, it causes their first job to kind of sort of fail, and they're like a little sad about it. So they go back home. Um and have a giant Italian dinner. Mm -hmm. It is 
It is incredibly Italian in there. It's so Italian. They are eating spaghetti, and we learned that, like, uh, Mario, turns out, doesn't like mushrooms, which is ironic, as we're going to find uh-huh. out. Ha-ha, uh-huh. wow. And I wonder what that's setting up for. <laughs> I wonder what it is. And Mario's dad is basically the biggest, most unsupportive jerk in the world. <laughs> basically just, like, laughing and carrying on, being like, oh, you quit your job, you stupid failures. Oh, man. Why would you do that? Why would you quit a well-paying job with benefits to do your stupid business? You're an idiot, Mario. You're going to ruin your brother. And he's like doing this <laughs> while laughing at everything. It's great. And now that nobody else in his family is like sticking up for him. They're just like, yeah, man, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Eat your spaghetti. So Mario gets sad, goes back. He's like, man, I wish my dad would just believe in me. Play some kid Icarus. Fails at it, which honestly is not a... Not no, really a reference every, to his skill. Everyone fails Kid Icarus. The, yeah, it's impossible to not fail a Kid Icarus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Luigi's brother comes in and it's like, hey, man, listen, I'm always going to believe in you. You're my brother, and you're going to do great things one day. And then all of a sudden, like a news bulletin pops up on the TV. Manhattan is flooding, or Brooklyn's flooding. Somewhere in New York is flooding. Somewhere, yeah. Maybe it's Queens. I don't know. And we get our second, like, really big reference when, like, Pauline is there from, you mm-hmm. know, Donkey Kong and Super Mario Odyssey. And she's like, I guess she is also the mayor of New York City. Girl does uh, dub- double work with, like, mayor of New yeah. York City. Yeah, or, or, like, public works coordinator. I'm unclear. They, I don't think they even put her name on the screen. They did not. It's just, like, this is clearly Pauline. And she is right. freaking out, man, because, like, New York is flooding with sewage. And nobody's going to be happy with that. The rats are going to escape. Yep. So Mario's like, this is our chance. We can go down and fix it. We could be we could be heroes. Oh, because yeah, at the very beginning of the film, there is a commercial that plays for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing service that mm-hmm. references the old Super Mario show uh, rap song and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really good ad. Uh, it's it's quite good. It's it's hilarious. So that all plays and they're like, and that plays back in Mario's head. He's like, Yeah, we could be the heroes of Brooklyn. Let's go do this, man. And so they go in there, they like basically open up a pipe, uh, a manhole cover, and Luigi's like, we're not going to actually jump into basically the swirling water, the, the swirling poop water of New York, right? And Mario's like, hell yeah, we are, jumps in. <laughs> and so they like go down into the sewers in New York, and then they find that there's just a giant chasm full of pipes down there. And they're like, huh, wow, that's weird. Wonder what's down here. And upon exploring it, they find a green pipe, and Luigi mysteriously disappears into it. And Mario's like, wait, where'd he go? And then he gets sucked into the pipe, and then they get transported to a magical wonderland that's full of None of that was explained, huh? None of it was. There's just a green pipe down there, and he got sucked in, man. Like, even the, oh, New York is flooding. Wait, why? Uh, Some, something, there's this pump, its gauge is too high. Yeah. It, oh, are they going to fix it? They're going to try. Yeah, they're, they're going to try. They're going to go down in there. Oh, yeah, and they do find the gauge that's, like, broken, but they fail to fix it. So I guess just New York floods, man. Yeah, I guess I guess it must have just flooded. Yeah. Because they never come back to that. They just go on to the isekai after that. Mm-hmm, pretty much. And to be fair, New York flooding is not really a big deal because yeah. every time it heavily rains, just the entire subway system floods. So honestly, this is just a standard weekend in New York. So, mm-hmm. you know, them getting sucked into the pipe, probably the bigger deal in this case. Probably, yeah. 
But then, yeah, also then there's just a network of pipes to another universe down under Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally yeah, just... That's, that's just there. Yeah, and, like, they don't go through a pipe either. Like, like they go through a pipe, but then all of a sudden they're just kind of, like, floating through, like, magical pixie dust, essentially. Yeah. That eventually just bifurcates, and then Luigi goes in one direction, and Mario goes in the other. So, we end up... Oh, boy. I... I missed like literally the opening scene of this movie. I just realized it. <laughs> oh yeah, that did that did happen. That's a, yeah. Okay, let's just let's just double back there because basically the very very beginning of the movie, we see Bowser show up and he basically invades a land full of penguins who throw snowballs at him. They're pathetic and cute. They're like, you can't get our power star, which is going to be basically this thing that's going to allow you to take over the Mushroom Kingdom. And Bowser goes, what if I just melt your literal palace with my fire breath? And they go, ah, shit. Oh, yeah. Which is exactly what happens. And because of that, Bowser's able to get the superstar. He's like, I'm going to use this now to take over the world. It's going to be great. The Mushroom Kingdom will soon be mine. Okay, now we're back. That's all you need yeah. to know. Uh, yeah. Jack Black does a pretty good browser. Jack Black is amazing in this movie. As with everything, Jack yes. Black goes 110%. Mm-hmm. And also, as is contractually obligated, he also sings multiple times throughout the movie. Yes. He has his contractually obligated silly power ballads. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, Mario ends up coming into a land full of mushrooms. Incredibly giant mushrooms. And he's like, oh, wow, this is... I don't know where I am. I have no idea where my brother is. I'm going to touch this random mushroom, and then out pops Toad, who immediately tells him to don't eat the mushroom, otherwise you'll die. Oh, actually, no, I'll be fine. Whatever, man. Hi, I'm Toad. I'm wacky. I'm, I'm voiced by Keegan-Michael Key. I, uh, I'm actually doing a pretty good job of not just using my regular speaking voice. Mm-hmm. I sound vaguely like Toad would in the, you know, basically any other medium he shows up in. So, yep. how's it going? It's the most tolerable Toad voice you can do. It really is. It's not nearly as shrieky as you would expect. So, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Toad's entire character in this is to basically walk next to Mario and go, hey, let me introduce you to a few new things here that you're not used to being a human here in the Mushroom Kingdom. And now I'm going to do absolutely nothing for the rest of this movie. Except say, I'm going to support you in your adventures. Right. Which is pretty accurate to Toad for like the first 20 years of Mario. This is true. Pretty much until Captain Toad shows up. Yeah. Everyone's favorite lazy adventurer who just always gets (laughs) stuck in caves. Yeah, like Toad doesn't really do a whole lot. It's one of those things where like they go so heavy with like the references and whatnot. I was hoping mm-hmm. that he, they would reference how he was in like Super Mario Brothers Two, where he's just like super strong, mm. able to like just lift whatever. Like I, right. wanted, I wanted him to beat up Donkey Kong, <laughs> but no, no. His 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 whole thing is just basically be like I, I swore to protect you, Princess Peach, and I'll always do that by standing here while everyone else does things. So. He's going to lead him to the Mushroom Kingdom because it turns out Mario's a human, just like their princess, Peach. And maybe she can help him find his brother. And so they end up going to the Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, Basically, it's the city where, like, blocks just float in midair and there's pipes everywhere and there's a bunch of other little toads. And Mario's completely freaked out by everything. He's like, floating blocks? Oh, no, that's crazy. 
Oh, pipes, ah! I get keep getting flung everywhere. It hurts, ah! Slapstick comedy. It's great. Yeah. So we he, they eventually reach the castle. And after making a very tired, the princess is another castle joke. Oh, God, it was so lame. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they asked to see Princess Peach and the toads guarding it go, oh, no, nah, I heard our princess is another castle. Maybe you should go search there. And it's like, I, mm. Mm. they walk on in. And well, Mario, like, basically, like, breaks in, gets chased by a bunch of guards. Uh, it does do a good job of showing that toads are incredibly incompetent because he basically just yes. salutes a couple of toads and go, oh, hey, general, how's it going? Yes. So, you know, they at least got that characterization of Toes as being just like kind of happy-go-lucky yet incompetent, pretty down. Mm -hmm. We cut to Princess Peach. So it turns out Bowser is on his way with his Koopa army in order to take over the kingdom and kidnap her. And she's like, hey, listen, don't worry about it. I am going to go to the Jungle Kingdom and talk to the leader of the Kongs and get the Kong army, which Alex, I was so excited about the concept of the Kong <laughs> army. <laughs> that is just a ridiculous thing on its face. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we're going to do that. I'm going to convince them using my diplomacy. It's going to be great. Anyway, she seems kind of unsure that this is going to happen, but she's like, you know, this is the only thing I could possibly do. And I'm going to protect my people. So Princess Peach is played by Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, who does, I think, a pretty good job. You know? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And her thing is that they clearly wanted to not fall into the Mario trope of like, hey, Princess Peach gets kidnapped and Mario has to mm -hmm. save, her, save her. Right. Which, yeah, not totally get that. I've also been happy to see that there's been refreshingly little takes of like, oh, no, they've changed it. They've made it woke. They're not letting a man save Princess Peach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I was totally expecting. So also good on, you know, reviewers out there for not doing that. Right. Uh, do, do you want to take like that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let, let me ask you this. What, what in general was your opinion on Princess Peach's characterization in this movie? I, I think her characterization was an awful lot like we really want to heavily course correct from how we've depicted Peach previously, which mm -hmm. Nintendo has admittedly done a <laughs> yeah. real bad job with that. Yeah. See the video mm -hmm. game Super Princess Peach where she uses the the power of a woman's emotions such as crying to solve puzzles. <laughs> so I think they wanted to like course correct very heavily from that, but boy, they really wanted to be very in, in your face of like, no, she is a capable, strong woman who could take care of herself. Right. Um, and yes, they, they very clearly wanted to do that. And as, as someone who grew up in the nineties and early two thousands, I at least think that this is one of the better attempts to do that mm -hmm. because she is at least consistent in her ability to do that. Yeah. She isn't just presented as being able to do that and then loses all ability to do it. The second the plot needs a man to take care of her. Mm -hmm. um so i i at least think that it at, in as far as aiming for that character archetype it does an above average job if yes. only because it is consistent mm -hmm. um the one kind of issue i have with this which maybe i don't know what i'm talking about is i'm still kind of 
I, I am kind of tired of that trope primarily because of so many years of people doing it badly. Yeah. But the other reason is I find it slightly irritating that it is the only version of a strong female character we get. Yeah. Is one that is inherently self-reliant and capable in all things. Hmm. It, yeah, I does, guess the, does Prison Speech have like a single weakness? Right. And I guess the, the other thing it feels to me is it is, to an extent, it feels kind of like a rejection of like femininity for the sake of character strength. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like you can't, it, it almost feels like there's this unspoken rule that you can't be a strong character and girly at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, those are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I can see that. And so, like, it, in order, if you want your female character to be strong, she can't be, like, girly or emotional mm. or, like, baking cakes or whatever. You know, like, it, it's got to, she has to be a sort of girl boss character. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing that, that got me with the characters, that she's very girl boss. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm like, I would, I would just, I would like to want sometimes see a character that is sort of more traditionally effeminate and mm-hmm. girly and even like emotional, but is at the end of the day still capable of taking care of what she needs to do. Yeah. You know, like it, just because you are brave doesn't mean you have to be fearless. Mm-hmm. And just because you are, strong doesn't mean you have to be tough yeah there are different ways you can do strong female characters and i feel like they always kind of come back to the same archetype Mm. and i feel like princess peach as much of a mess don't please don't interpret this as me saying the princess peach in general is a well-defined and written character she's not no (laughs) she's not but she does hue to an archetype that would be to me more interesting to see done well than to just completely shift her personality to a more traditional strong female character i guess yeah yeah she comes off to me as more princess daisy than princess peach oh yes and that's the other thing is like wow you really just stole anything daisy could do and now there's nothing for her to do but be a second one of these yep pretty much cool which, oh, yeah, forget about Daisy like enough as is. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, I totally get what you're saying about that. It's it's a case of like they wanted she like literally just has like no flaws. I think in this yeah. film mm-hmm. she is just like, oh, things are go- kind of going bad for me. Eh, whatever, man, we're going to do this It's going to be great. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, totally. I totally get it. Totally get yeah. it. So. Speaking of Princess Peach, she does eventually like run into Mario and she's like, oh, wow, you're another human. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah. How's that? How's it going? And so that's where we. uh, By the way, welcome to the last time we're going to talk about the significance of humans in this world, in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah, you're right. This entire scene is the only significance of this. Yeah. We really got to emphasize that this movie is literally like a collection of scenes that just sort of happen and then mm-hmm. introduce like yeah. five concepts that get dropped immediately. And yep, this is one pretty of them. Much. 
Because, like, we get the backstory of Princess Peach. Turns out she's probably from Earth. Probably. Because she just shows up in a pipe one day when a baby, when she's, like, mm -hmm. a baby, or, like, actually more like a toddler. Yeah. Then the Toads rescue her, and then she's like, cool, man. Why not? I guess mm -hmm. I'm here now. And then they eventually just make a monarchy around her? Yeah, I'm going to assume that they made not one single attempt to get her back to her birth parents. <laughs> They're just like, there's a weird, weird tall human thing, that weird tall toad that doesn't have a, doesn't have a mushroom hat. I, I don't understand what's going on here. You want to lead us? Yeah, here, let's make you a castle. Yeah, here's a castle. You're going to be our princess. It's going to be great. There's no queen or king in this world, so do you... <laughs> Just the princess, I guess, but here you go, man. That's cool. Yeah, that is brought up completely dropped. Like, yep. you'd figure that, like, spoilers, when they end up back in Brooklyn at the end of this film, she'd be like, wow, this is this is Earth, huh? Nothing. She's just like, huh, we better beat Bowser, I guess, and then go on home. Yeah, I guess. You know what I am a little disappointed by? What's that? They made not one reference to the name Princess Toadstool. They did not. Man. She should have been like Princess Peach of Toadstool or something. They should have. Yeah, it's that and King Koopa are like the two things yeah, that they excised yeah. so thoroughly from like mm -hmm. Nintendo lore and canon. Which I get it. You wanted to like, you know, make everything like one one consistent thing, but still. It's up there with how Sega like doesn't really call Eggman Robotnik anymore. Oh yeah. Which is so disappointing. It was such a good it name. Is. It is. It rules. It does. So yeah, she's like, hey, wow, that's crazy. Anyways, I'm off to go see literally a bunch of apes if they just want to lend be their army so we can go just beat up a bunch of like giant fire-breathing turtles. Uh, but bye. But then Mario's like, wait, wait, hold on. You need to help me find my brother Luigi. And also maybe I can help you with this because this seems <laughs> bad for you. And she's like, well, I don't think you can actually do this. But if you could like, do this obstacle course successfully, then yeah. You can totally go along with us. A very difficult thing about this, about doing a Mario movie, is how do you mm -hmm. get to do things like concepts like, oh, hey, floating blocks and coin right. blocks and power-ups and whatnot. It's very interesting to me mm -hmm. that Illumination took the tact of like, we're just going to just lean into this and be like, no, yeah, there's power-ups, man. Yeah, that just happens. It's mm -hmm. there. Yep. Yeah, You if you eat a mushroom, which, of course, Mario hates that, but he's going to have to eat this mushroom. You can become, He can become, like, super tall and strong. Like, he'll actually become taller than Princess Peach and and whatnot. But if he takes one single hit, he ends up becoming small again. Right. Which is, it, I love that they had the line, if you get hit, it goes away. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what qualifies as getting hit in the real world? Yeah, right? <laughs> It turns out, I guess, if it has evil intent. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like those fake fire bars that they have on that obstacle course. That Those mm -hmm. have evil intent, as it turns out. Yep. So yeah, Princess Peach shows off her like, skills by running through uh, this obstacle course and like having zero difficulty with it. Right. And so we then get a montage that is to I Need a Hero, of course, because mm. this is an Illumination movie. So yep. there's going to be a bunch of 80s songs in here. Yep. And so Mario does this, and he fails constantly. He almost succeeds one time, but fails right at the end. And he's like, oh, man, I guess I can't go with you. And then Princess Peach is like, no, you can totally come with me. It's like, but I failed. He's like, She's like, yeah, but you did really good anyways, and we need to keep this movie going. 
This is my way of saying that failure is okay if you try hard, so don't give up. Let's go. That is like the one consistent thing throughout this movie is like, hey, listen, if you fail, you should continue to try. Right. That is the one thing they don't just bring up and drop. So good on you, mm -hmm. Illumination. Yeah, that, that's video game relevant. It is. So It's like a video gamey theme. Say it is. So we, we probably should check in what Luigi's doing. Good old Luigi. <sighs> this movie has nothing for Luigi to do. Absolutely nothing. Luigi's character arc is he's scared. <laughs> you're probably saying that's not an arc. That's a straight line. And the answer is, yeah, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. He ends up in the same place he starts in this movie. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. <laughs> to be fair, Mario kind of does, too. But yeah. Yeah. So it turns out he's been transported to the Dark Lands. And the Dark Lands is basically where Bowser rules and whatnot. And he is immediately beset upon the Koopa army who grab him and bring him in front of uh, in front of Bowser. So it turns out Bowser has been spying on Princess Peach and Mario because his entire plan is that he is going to basically conquer so much stuff that Princess Peach is just going to fall in love with him and marry him because he just really, really wants to marry Peach. That is, he's just totally head over heels in love and he's just like... Oh, I just want to make a mine. I'm going to give you so many cool stuff. Jack Black totally sells this. You're like, oh, buddy, I'm rooting for you. Sort of. Not really. Not really. No. <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's kind of weird. It actually is kind of weird. It's incredibly weird. But, you know, Bowser <laughs> basically is like, who's this small guy? Is it, wait, is it, are they, are they, are they flirting? I'm not, I, I, I Kamek, Kamek, my advisor, are, what do you think about this? What, I, do you think he likes her, likes her? You know? <laughs> <laughs> they really do sell like, in, the insecure like crush like angle on Bowser very, very well. And mm -hmm. Bowser, when yeah. he gets a hold of Luigi, he's like, hey, 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 who, who's this dude? Who's this dude? You gotta mm -hmm. tell me who this dude is. She's like, and Luigi's like, I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, actually, that's my brother Mario. <laughs> 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 and it's like, and so he's like, hey, does he like her? He's like, I, I don't know. It's like, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw you in jail. <laughs> and I'm going to later sacrifice you to show my love to Princess Peach. So, hey, that's cool, right? You're going to help me out with this. And this gets to maybe the best collection of scenes in the entire movie. Luigi locked up over a lava pit next to a little star guy called Aluma who basically is the most nihilistic thing in the universe. I I am so shocked that this bit got through Nintendo. I am too. So Nintendo, the company that refuses to acknowledge anything about Thousand Year Door. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, the company that basically, if they ever reference death at all, it is in the <laughs> most coying way possible. Yeah, like... Like, to the point that, like, boos, which are ghosts in the Mario world, are, like, mm -hmm. it's not clear if they're just born as boos. They, yeah, they might just spring up into being ghosts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're so averse to this. But this Luma is just obsessed with death. <laughs> Talking about how, oh, man, I can't wait till we get dropped to the lava. We experience a sweet release of death. The most painful thing is living. <laughs> yeah it, that luma is great i love that luma so much so 
that's basically all that it's going to be happening with Luigi for basically the rest of this film up until the yeah. very, very end. Yeah. So now we cut to the jungle and Princess Peach and Mario are there to meet King Cranky Kong, the ruler of the jungle kingdom. Cranky Kong should not be the ruler of anything, personally. No, no. <laughs> you should be an angry old monkey in a hut. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what he is in Donkey Kong Country, where he is uh, Donkey Kong's grandfather in that, and also canonically was the original Donkey Kong that Mario defeated in uh, mm -hmm. in the original Donkey Kong arcade game, which was making me really hope that like Mario would show up, Cranky Kong would see him and be like, ah, oh, shit, you again? <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> I am not cool with this. <laughs> but no, no. Cranky Kong is just there. He's just like, I am literally the leader of the Kong army. And uh, no, I'm not going to help you out, by the way. Uh, so Cranky Kong is played by Fred Armisen, who in a choice decides to play Cranky Kong like he's Larry David. Uh-huh. Which is, huh. All yeah, right. Okay, sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Anyways, his big thing is going to be like, I am not going to help the humans unless that really small guy, Mario, can beat up my son. <laughs> Which everyone decides to go along with that. And so they're like, okay, we'll go ahead and fight. Uh, we'll fight your son, Donkey Kong. Sure. So then this, when we get to meet Donkey Kong, who is introduced via the DK rap, because of course yep. he is. Of course. Um, shout out to Grant Kirkhope. They should have credited him <laughs> in this movie. They should have. And Donkey Kong is played by Seth Rogen, who could not phone it in harder if he tried. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I think Donkey Kong has a grand total of 20 words this entire movie. That sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, he's on screen an awful lot, but he does not say a lot. Anyways, Donkey Kong's whole thing is that he is basically, you know, kind of like a stuck-up, you know, royal who's like, Man, look at my pecs. I'm super cool. I love to work out and get jacked, bro. Like Mario, he also has uh, daddy issues in the sense of that his dad also doesn't approve of him and his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so he just really wants to prove that he could really, really be the, the man his dad wants him to be. Anyways, he immediately kicks Mario's ass. Yeah. And so I was going to say, like, you know, Donkey Kong allegedly has this whole thing about and my dad doesn't approve of me. He says, as we see him not face any challenges or failures at all mm -hmm. and receive no reprimands from his father other than showboating a little too much mm -hmm. prior to engaging in the mortal combat that his father put him to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, all Cranky Kong's like admonishments are like, can you please stop making your pecs dance? Just, just fight yeah. him, please. Yeah, like the the line of like Donkey Kong being like, "Man, I just want my dad's approval." He doesn't approve of what I do. Literally, just happens halfway through, and he just says it, and it yeah. just never comes up. Yeah, and they then responded to Mario saying, "Yeah, my dad doesn't approve of me either." At which point, I went, "Oh, right, that was a character beat. That was that actually did happen." I forgot because it's been an hour since it came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just sort of happens, and then that's it. Yeah, it. Like I said, this this movie brings up ideas and then drops them incredibly yep. quickly. So Mario eventually transforms into Cat Mario and manages to beat uh, Donkey Kong. And so because of that, Cranky Kong's like, "All right, cool. I will lend you my Kong army." 
Also, Didi Cog's here. He's going to say one line very quickly, and then that's it. Yep. Now, we need to get back to the Mushroom Kingdom very quickly. And there's only one way to do so via go-karts. Yep. Yeah, we had to get there. Okay, to be fair, the idea of a gorilla army riding go-karts mm -hmm. is kind of rad. There was a very Mad Max sort of vibe when they yeah. were all, like, riding down in makeshift go-karts down, like, a stone path that I actually kind of liked, I'll admit. Yeah. It, it, this is probably, like, the one part of the movie that I, I've noticed a lot of reviewers bring up and make fun of because literally just Cranky Kong stands up and is like, we're going to need carts. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it is very ridiculous. on the nose. It is, it is very on the nose. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, it continues to be on the nose because they're basically Toad, Peach, and Mario are given the options to like basically make their carts. And right. it's literally how you select your carts in Mario Kart 8, complete with a Mario Kart 8 character selection music. Yeah. Like, they have to like basically like flip through little slots and whatnot. And it's like, wow. Yeah, okay, cool yeah sure okay that's why not yep so yeah they make carts and then yeah they end up on the rainbow road and have to like do cool cart things on the rainbow road and then bowser's army shows up and they also have carts and they all get into a big giant cart fight that like basically ends with like half the car kong army being wrecked in fact, I think basically all the Kong army gets wrecked now that I think pretty about much. it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much all of them. That's right, they do. They all get captured. So, yeah, good yep. job. You guys mm -hmm. suck. Like, they almost do succeed, though, until um, basically Donkey Kong, I think it's Donkey Kong, ends up wrecking, like, at the Koopa General's cart. The Koopa General being a blue Koopa, which mm -hmm. means he then immediately announces that he's going to use his secret weapon and then just yells, blue shell, and turns into a blue <laughs> shell. <laughs> Which then causes a giant explosion. I really actually like that reference, except that they call it out just so loudly. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, we know. We understand the right. You don't need to scream it at us. No, you really don't. But that doesn't stop them from doing so. <laughs> and so, yeah, because of that, it blows up the entire track and Donkey Kong and Mario fall into the water and then get eaten by an eel. Yeah, I was happy to see the eel and see that it was completely horrifying. Yep. Yeah, that was a surprising reference. So I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. So everyone else gets kidnapped um, besides Mario and Donkey Kong. Peach gets back to warn the Toads to evacuate Mushroom Kingdom just in time for Bowser to show up and be like, I finally found you, Peach. But will you marry me? And she's like, oh, <laughs> uh, what? He's like, yeah, no, I'm like totally in love with you. You seem really rad. We could be the ultimate power couple. She's like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to basically torture your friend, your toad friend here and burn down your kingdom if you don't, you know, marry me. And she's like, oh, well, in that case, like, cool, I guess. <laughs> so they go and they start getting ready for their wedding. Now, meanwhile, that's where we, we have a... Uh, Donkey Kong and Mario just hanging out in the eel's stomach, being like, well, we're gonna die, I guess. Wish our dads proved of us. Anyways, you, what if I made such a racket, this being Donkey Kong, that mm. the eel just basically got sick and then spit us out? That, that'd be cool, right? I'm gonna do that. So that's exactly what happens. They get spat, spat out um, while riding on one of the rocket engines that was attached to Donkey Kong's cart, which then mm -hmm. just carries him back to the Mushroom Kingdom. In a somewhat obscure reference to Donkey Kong Country Returns. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, they're riding the rock barrel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. rocket barrel blast. There we go. All right, Not cool. Bad. So they're on their way back there, and at the wedding reception, Bowser's like, "Man, we're gonna have the best wedding ever." And Peach is like, "Yeah, no, this will probably be all right." She's like, surprisingly, like not plus about this. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because it turns out she's like basically smuggled a lethal weapon in. in <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of went Nina Williams on it. She kind of did. And she's going to go very Nina Williams on it after Bowser's like, hey, listen, you see all these people behind me that are in these like uh, cages above this lava pit? I'm going to execute all of them in your honor. <laughs> he just Which like, is really out of left field. It kind of is. <laughs> it really, really is. And everyone's like, no, except for the Luma who's like, yay. yay. <laughs> and so Peach is like, well, I have a nice flower in my bouquet so i'm just gonna use that i'm gonna freeze you i'm gonna freeze everyone else i'm gonna just start messing people up i'm basically to become a one woman army right mm-hmm. here right now and so i get gently pushed into a wall and then i lose my powers oh whoops. right because you got hit yep i got hit that that wall had ill intent <laughs> but it, it's all teams lost but then mario donkey kong show up donkey kong basically stops like um uh, the crank from like going completely and like dropping all the prisoners to the lava, making everyone happy except for Luma, who's very sad. <laughs> so everyone gets rescued. They all start getting into a big old fight. Mario starts getting into a big old fight with Bowser using like the Tanuki leaf. He saves Luigi. They hug. And they're like, "Oh, I finally found you, brother. You're doing great. Oh man, look at us. We're big heroes now." And like Bowser just like gets out of the ice. He's like, oh yeah, well, I'm gonna shoot a giant bonsai bill, basically a giant bull of bill at you to destroy the castle. And Mario's like, well, what if I just annoy it by hitting it in the eye with my little, <laughs> my little tanuki tail? Which then the bonsai bill's like, well, I'm just gonna just kill you now. Mm-hmm. Which causes the like like Mario like leads him back to the warp pipe that originally led Mario and Luigi here. The warp pipe gets blown up, which somehow causes all of Bowser, his castle, all the toads, and everyone just to show up in Brooklyn? Yeah, yeah, it creates this sort of weird black hole effect that absorbs all the people and aircraft, not any of the surrounding terrain or structures. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't do that. Yeah, the only structure is Bowser's castle, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and now they're just in Brooklyn getting into a giant fight. Now, you would think at this point that somebody would be like, oh, God, this is horrifying. And technically, yes, Foreman Spike does show up and go, wow, this seems bad. Yep. But, um, yeah, there's not really any real consequence to this action at all. No. Which, to no. be fair, kids' movie. I'm not expecting the military yeah. to show up and be like, oh, we got to get, scrabble the F-16s, man, get them in the air, you know, but. You would expect a little bit more from the townspeople just to be like, uh. You, you would think, yeah, a little. So. They're all starting to get into a big fight, and Bowser's like, hey, I'm going to use this superstar. Remember when I got that at the very beginning? I'm bringing that back up now. Anyways, that gets knocked out of his hands and whatnot, and Mario and Luigi grab it, and they turn invincible. And then using that, they just run through the entire Koopa army. They run through Bowser. They just knock him out, defeat him, and then everything is A-OK. Mario and Luigi are now heroes, and Foreman Spike's like, man, yeah, you're the greatest. Mario's dad shows up and is like, son, I never doubted you in the first place. Everyone is super happy. It's really, really great. And we cut to the next scene of Mario waking up, putting on his clothes, and then him and Luigi walk out of their new home in the Mushroom Kingdom. 
and they yeah. jump into a warp pipe, and that is the end of the movie. <laughs> it's really <Yep>. abrupt. <laughs> yep. Ah, oh, man. Alex, how do you feel? I don't know. Again, <laughs> I don't have strong feelings about this movie. It happened. It is a movie. It technically functions, and I'm probably not going to think about it very much after this. Yeah, I, I don't think I am either. Not at least not until the sequel never leaked. Well, I guess is already right. sort of announced, but like we get more details on it. Right. Yeah, probably probably is not going to be much more much more headspace that's going to be devoted to it to this movie past this. But um, yeah, it's. I going back through it in my head, it is really a. I I still think it's so abrupt how they just sort of end up back in Brooklyn. Like, yeah. I guess it makes sense that they would like get back there in the first place, but boy, they really just had to like figure out a way. And they went, "What if just got sucked back through the pipe and everyone's there now?" I guess I don't. Yeah, know. sure. Which is I don't. So my one of my biggest feelings about this movie is that it doesn't have world building; it has references. Mm-hmm. Which is, we took a lot of things that exist in Mario games and crammed them together until they resembled a holistic world. Yeah. But there's no actual, like, consistent logic or power dynamics or, you know, anything that makes an actual functioning world. It is just Mm -hmm. places that exist based on Mario. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. There is zero world building that happens in here. It's just... Here's a place you recognize it. That's cool. We're gonna do things in it now. Yeah, and so it's like, oh well, they they introduced the warp pipe at the beginning, mm. and then at the end they go the other way through the warp pipe, and I'm like, sure, that might as well happen. There's no reason that couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's kind of funny because like Brooklyn gets like the most world building of all yeah. of all places. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> the place you spend ten minutes of the movie in. <laughs> Yeah, it's really funny how that kind of happened. Um, oh, I should mention there is a post credit scene where there's basically a Yoshi egg that's starting to crack. So presumably oh, the sequel okay. will have Yoshi in it. Yeah. Um, not the only reference to a Yoshi in the film. There is like a herd of Yoshis that are seen mm-hmm. at one point. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, there's not really a huge... Uh, there's not really a huge amount of world building, but perhaps the sequels that we'll get, such as the reports of a donkey kong spin-off film for instance that will happen I mean, yeah that makes sense you know the sequel uh that's inevitably going to happen to this movie that it, once again has already made over 300 million dollars and i'm sure they have not counted yesterday's earnings quite yet right uh okay i love this one february 2022 charlie day expressed interest in reprising his role as luigi in a luigi's mansion film yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. I hope that. I mean, I hope that happens. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. I um kind of unironically actually. I'm just okay. Who who would you cast for Doctor Egad? Oh God. Um, one second. I have to look this up because you see, we have to. You got to remember, this is Illumination, right? So it has to be like a big name or at least like a recognizable name. Right, right. So Christopher Lloyd is still alive. Yeah, I, I was like, is Christopher Lloyd too obvious? No, it's it is the right amount of obvious, which is yeah. too obvious. Yes, yes, yeah, a hundred percent. They would cast Christopher Lloyd there. Yeah, yeah, they would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he'd hundred percent be there. 
maybe that's the movie that they they break in princess daisy maybe they finally do that. maybe yeah could be i see i'm thinking that the sequel the direct sequel to this movie is going to be super mario land oh yeah and we're we're going to get wario and daisy absolutely yeah wario is definitely going to happen yep man i cannot imagine how they are going to deal with wario i i don't know it's going to be the worst thing in the world, man. Probably, yeah. Uh, I mean, if this gets me the WarioWare movie that I've I've always dreamed of, <laughs> you know, I'd be totally down with that, actually. But yeah, it, okay. So here's 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 I'm I'm brainstorming this. Okay, mm-hmm. so Wario is the corrupt treasury advisor to Princess Daisy's kingdom. All right, yeah, and he's gonna have like a little. 30 second like propaganda video that's him <laughs> and all the WarioWare cast uh making money for the kingdom. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's that's your WarioWare. Yeah, that's that's where we're gonna get our, you know, our little references to like Mona and Ashley and whatnot, just yeah. like there in the background. Yes. Agreed, agreed. Oh maybe <laughs> Do you think that in the sequel they're gonna have Bowser be like the main villain again, or are they gonna are they gonna go with the alien Tatanga? <laughs> no, they're not going with Tatanga. They're not for no. Oh man, but what if they did? If they go with Tatanga, it's because Wario made him up. Okay, yeah. As a smoke screen. Hmm. All right, yeah, no, all right. I believe that. I believe that. Man, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what's like the most obscure character they could throw in there now. Like, <laughs> Captain Syrup. Wario's You're, like and sort of antagonist, but not really. You are you are not going to get like actual name drop service to anyone more obscure than Birdo. Yeah, you're probably right. It's it's I can see a, a Pauline situation of where like there's mm-hmm. a very like a poster of Captain Syrup on there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's selling pancakes or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like I mean they, Nintendo has said that if this movie is successful, they are going to develop more animated properties based upon their IP. So, yeah, why not? Yeah, let's get us our, let's get our Donkey Kong Country movie. Yeah, let's get our Wario movie. Let's let's get our inevitable Yoshi movie when Yoshi shows up and it becomes the new minion. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and then yeah, no. Let's. Are we gonna get? I get, now I'm like thinking like we're gonna go like full like Marvel Cinematic Universe and we're gonna start. I was gonna say. Script. What's going to be our Moon Knight? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say, once we get these going, do we go full on the multi-cinematic universe? And do we just make a Captain N movie? <laughs> there will not be a Captain N movie, but there will be an ensemble movie where they do reference Captain N. Yeah, probably. They absolutely will. Yes. <sighs> Cowardice. Absolute. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which, what am I saying? Yes, yeah, Nintendo. Of course, cowardice. <laughs> Nintendo will do this in the most conservative way possible. So, yes, of course, not going to. Uh... They will happily reference Captain N. They will sure, they are sure as hell not going to have a kid get sucked through TV and use a zapper. I want my stupid skater kid Alucard, damn it. Right? Oh, I'm tired man. of this pretty boy. <laughs> oh, man. I want. <laughs> I want my weird Arctic adventurer bro, Simon Belmont. Yeah, I want my Dracula, who's not the Lord of Darkness. He's just like a a, a ca- 
she's like a serial mascot who's angry at his kid. Mm-hmm. That's his whole character. <laughs> That's his whole character. Oh god, Captain M sucks. <laughs> I I want my I, my villain ensemble that includes the sentient brain, Dracula, <laughs> and then for some reason a boxer from Polynesia. <laughs> yeah, sure. Ah <laughs> oh, man, I. The Zelda movie they're gonna make is gonna inevitably be terrible, Alex. It's it's gonna be really bad. It's gonna be really bad. Because that one is not. I mean, I guess they could make it a kids movie, but theoretically they wouldn't. You you couldn't do Wind Waker, I guess. But oh god, Illumination Wind Waker would just be the worst. Oh, I mean, oh. I, come on. You can see Link Dance Party, can't you? Yeah, I Link can. And- of course I can. I can see it all in my head. It's awful. The dance party ended where, like, Link and Tetra are dancing and whatnot. Oh, and she transforms God. into Zelda halfway through. In the background, you can see Ganon and, like, all the, like, minions and whatnot are angry. And they're, like, one of them, like, starts to dance a little bit and then Ganon punches him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see it, can't you? I... I okay. I want. Here's what I would accept. I would accept that movie, that entire Illumination style minions, Despicable Me, Mastermind style, Mega Brain, whatever style, Wind Waker. Just all of the, the just you know the corny lines and the quippy back and forth character tropes and mm-hmm. the all of it. Except right at the end, Link legitimately stabs Ganondorf in the head. <laughs> and everyone's like, whoa! Oh, recreating the hardest, the hardest ending in, in yeah, Zelda series? Yeah, just yes. the most metal kill Zelda's ever done. <laughs> just flip, stab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be, now that I think about it, Zelda has a lot of actually very metal kills in it. Yes, yes, it does. Ganondorf gets stabbed through the head a he, lot. He gets it bad, repeatedly. I like the one where Ganondorf, like, has Triforce of Power go away from him as he's, like, mortally wounded, and then Zan uh-huh. cracks his own neck, thus cracking his neck. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. God, man. <laughs> They're gonna do Ganondorf dirty, and we'd be so damn upset. They, was, they were, yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. Viewers, uh, look forward to the inevitable million, like, Nintendo movies that are going to be happening after the incredible success of this one. Uh, and I'll be be inevitably disappointed when they don't do a, a Star Fox movie. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, it's like, you want one that's actually both kid-friendly and has somewhere to go? Do mm-hmm. Star Fox. Yeah, but they're not going to. They're not going to. No, no. Just enjoy your Fox in space, which just released episode two. It's really good. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Do you think we get an F-Zero movie? No, if we're not getting no, a Star Fox movie. we're, we're not getting, getting an F-Zero game! <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's the best place to end this. <laughs> With the depressing thoughts of no new F-Zero. Yep. Alex, Every day. Alex, thank you so, so much for doing this, as always. Of course. And for you, the viewer, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to listen to other episodes of Fallen Through Plot Holes, you should go to ftb.podbean.com or search for Fallen Through Plot Holes on your podcast service of choice. Uh, of course, leave us a subscription. You know, f- you know, uh, follow us on whatever service you happen to use, uh, and of course, leave a review. We do definitely do appreciate the feedback. But with that, take care, everybody. Take care.